This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Eighteen sixty three. The infamous year when ground broke for a new institution. One that for the people of Ararat, Australia, would loom over their community in a most unsettling way. An ominous structure built to house those deemed insane by the state. The people lived in its shadow for a hundred and thirty long years, knowing all the while that almost anyone could end up there. Many lived in fear of one day being locked up with no end in sight to their misery. The era was 1860s Australia, a place once thought of as the backwater of the British Commonwealth, and a place where criminals, misfits, and the insufferable alike found themselves in the wake of a booming gold rush. It was a brutal time when those who were ill, depressed, or made mistakes could be locked away for their entire lives, subject to the types of suffering reserved only for our nightmares. Ararat, in the province of Victoria, housed one such place. Its haunted past marks its presence in the hills, and stories abound about the strange happenings that continue to take place behind its stone walls. Join us on Into the Portal for a look at one of Australia's most haunted places, the Airedale Asylum. Welcome back into the portal. We've got a special Halloween treat for you all tonight, don't we, we Andrew? We do indeed. We do indeed. And we are actually uh, recording this from the <laughs> basement guest bedroom of my grandparents' house because it is the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend this weekend. It is, and, and we, we have... are giving thanks and really appreciative <laughs> to be at the lake, but you guys might hear some ruckus in the background you may you may it is our family enjoying themselves so no worries there it's no ghosts lurking around but hopefully not we're gonna we didn't bring the ouija board (laughs) stuff hey like yeah and it's it's gonna be a creepy one guys we're covering asylum tonight so halloween theme yup (laughs) we got it we're getting into it that's for sure but before we get started we do have a little bit of housekeeping and um this we've already mentioned this once we didn't last week but the week before and holy moly, am I excited for this. We decided we want to do a pumpkin carving contest, jack-o'-lantern carving contest. Yes. So yeah, really excited about that. So we, um, so oh, submissions are open starting right now. Like yes. we said from the first, but people don't carve a jack-o'-lantern on the first of no. October. So. But submissions are now open. They'll be open until, what, what did we say? I'm thinking the 25th or the 26th. So we yeah. have a few days of judging Before, and then we can finalize. Uh, totally. And... But honestly, if there's a late submission, we're not going to just like disclose. Of course you not. Of that. If you carve a pumpkin <laughs> the day before Halloween or morning of Halloween, we'll we'll yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. It's it'll still be it's still Christmas, so so to speak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christmas me. for us. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, we will have all the details for that up on our website. It isn't yet, but um, here's the basic breakdown for it. So it's going to be like submissions on social media and there's a version for people who don't have social media as well. But so like if you have Instagram, you're going to post that, post your jack-o'-lantern on Instagram, make sure you follow uh, into the portal and tag us in your post. And then we'll be able to obviously know it's there and add it into the list of mm-hmm. the beautiful pumpkins to be Bonus judged. Bonus points for people that tag others that would be yes. love the paranormal and love myths, legends, Absolutely. history, and listen to podcasts. And triple bonus points for anything from one of our episodes or perhaps our logo or something cool like that. Who oh knows God. what people can the get into. The logo would be crazy, but even if people just carved into the portal. Yeah, in a pumpkin, straight up, straight up. What if they like carved their version of a portal? That totally. Would cool that would be cool. We're so open to anything. We're open to anything. Essentially, so that, what we're going to do is put them up. So we're going to have a gallery of everyone's submissions. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a little bit of... I'm thinking we're going to do kind of like people's choice. Yeah. And then also have like Trump points for us. Like we're we going to have will. our votes. Yeah. <laughs> our votes are like two votes. Okay, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We may even bring in uh, some other paranormal podcasters for their opinions Ooh. as well, just to make it really fun. Yeah. But, uh, that'd yeah, be really cool. I think that'd be cool. Um, so yeah, like the ways to submit that. So like Instagram, yeah, post your picture, uh, make sure you follow us, tag us in the post. Same thing with Twitter if you use that. So follow us on Twitter, tag us in your tweet with the picture of your jack-o'-lantern. Facebook, same thing. Um, post it to our page or whatever. And if you don't have social media, it's all good. Take a photo of your awesome jack-o'-lantern and just email it to us or however else you want to find a way to mm. get it to us. You can snail mail it to us. We don't care. Mm. We're, uh, it might not be time. time, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that's basically how it's going to shake down. We'll have more details up on the website, but just, we wanted to plant that seed, the <laughs> pumpkin seed. I feel like I don't, I don't think snail mail is something that we should offer as an option because apparently people in like the U.S. Postal Service are quite picky about what they choose Ooh, to allow yeah. into Canada. Yeah, we, we were we waiting on a book. We had this hilarious <laughs> incident happen this week where we had a listener that wanted to email, or email us, mail us, snail mail us a book. Yeah. And so she sent it off in the mail. She went to her post office. She's like, I want to send this to Canada. How do I do this? And they're like, oh, no problem at all. It's a book. No worries. Send it in the mail. <laughs> and so she sent it, got it back, and basically has to redo it as according to the laws of, what was it, like exporting something to Canada I or something? I don't even know. It was funny, it was though, like... because she sent us a picture of the actual package, and yeah. it says book, yeah. quotations. And I'm like, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if I thought it was, yeah, some sort of code. They're sending drugs, like, you know, who knows? It's a brick of cocaine. Who, who I knows? Know. Yeah, a book. A book of cocaine. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Anyways. So funny, though, but... I'm yeah. sure most people that listen to the show have uh, social medias and stuff. So <laughs> anyway, super excited about that. So uh, stay tuned for that. And keep, uh, yeah, keep that in the back of your head for some freaky deaky ideas for jack-o'-lanterns, people. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to it. We yeah. have one other thing. Um, you want to read out that new review we have? Aw, this is... <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Super enthusiastic. We really appreciate this. <laughs> Came from the US. It was from Superman91. Nice. And he says, oh my god, best podcast ever, five stars. <laughs> so great. Keeps him entertained and makes the workday go by fast. Um, he also says, perhaps maybe do an episode on Halloween and the history of it. That would be cool. Yeah. Very good idea. And honestly, like, we put out a call to our patrons regarding our last spot of the month. We've got three spots filled, but we want to have a crazy, cool, creepy Halloween myth legend to contend with for the final... Yes. Final week of the month. Right. And honestly, this is kind of... This is a contender. 
I think so. You're a contender. It's a contender. You're up there. Where's that from? I don't even know. It sounds like it's like a JFK from like Clone <laughs> High, the cartoon <laughs> or something like that. But that would be really cool, right? History of Halloween. That would be so cool. Because there's a whole bunch, there's lots of different aspects of it because it's like the original maybe Day of the Dead and then like, you know, the the, the evolution of it is kind of cool. And we watch American Pickers, which, we, which we've referenced before. Remember they found some vintage Halloween um, like uh, d- decoration yes, stuff in the past they that found are like a jack lantern, like a that was a, from like the teens, and they paid yeah. big bucks for it because oh, it was like super huge. retro, and it ended up being worth a lot. Yes, very cool. Anyway, so <laughs> side note, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we're ge- we're geared up for Halloween. Is the point of all this <laughs> exactly? But thank you so much, Superman 92, 91, 92. Yes, thank you, thank you very much for that 91. review, and keep those reviews coming in, people. Even if you don't feel like typing one up, click the stars. It helps us a ton. It does. But we got to get into the meat of this. Yes, we do. So tonight, for all of you horror fest extravaganzers, <laughs> I don't even know how to phrase that. I was like, <laughs> what do you call people that are like... I don't even people who are obsessed like with... Like a horror file? Like you're, you love horror? The, the those, those obsessed with the macabre. Sure. The, the creepy, all that disturbs. Right. And we're going to be talking about the... Aradel Lunatic Asylum. Yeah. Also known as the Ararat at some points of its life. Right. Because they think the actual area is called Ararat, which is in the province of Victoria in mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. There you go. I hadn't heard of this place. So we're going back to Australia. <laughs> Man, what is with us in Australia? We love we love it down there. I know. We've never, never been. visited. No. Mm. But we've got we've got friends we've made online. <laughs> I love it. That's the and best. we're going to actually um, dive into one account from one of our friends yeah. later on in the episode. Yes, we will. But okay, so we are discussing there's many names that this hospital has gone by. It's gone by, you know, Airedale Mental Hospital. Basically, it is the one of the largest insane asylums in Australian history. Yeah. I'd say it's in the top three overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I think it's the largest in the province of Victoria, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it is the most haunted place in Australia. I say that as a spider crawls out right beside me. <laughs> it's freaky, man. Oh. He's really cute, though. Oh, just leave a, him. Just leave him. Oh, just he's leave a him. tiny okay, little guy. Okay. I'll just get him off my hand. Get him off my hand. Get him off my hand. <laughs> okay, he's off. Okay. <laughs> that is very serendipitous. Creepy. That was creepy, man. I feel like that something. It's meant to be. It's a sign. Oh my god. So, We're most haunted. haunted place in the entire country of Australia, so the legends say. Spoo. Okay, this asylum came into being in the 1860s. Uh, Exact date was 1863 was when it was chosen as a site. Right. So basically it undergone like uh, approximately five years of construction. It actually opened its doors in 67, 1867. And it was known as the Era Asylum. (laughs) Man, just the word asylum has just this like, oh, big time. It's freaky. Freaky, creepy, bikiki. Yeah. I don't even know how to phrase it. I, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're garbage. <Yeah. laughs> Making up shit now. Making shit up. Um, and we're having a couple drinks tonight. I'm sorry. It's just, it's it's a holiday for us. It so is. Cheers. Okay, we're going to do a little tiny. There we go. Chink. Sweet. <laughs> all right. Nothing crazy. Just a couple beers. Yeah. Um, but anyways... <clears throat> Yeah, this is interesting. So Ararat was one of three. So essentially there was another one called Beechworth. Yep. And, oh, shoot. Q. 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 It's K-E-W. Q or Q? Q, I think. Q? 
pretty said, cool. Let's plan a coup. It's, oh, I thought I'd be like, it's pretty cool. Cool. It's not cool. It was not a cool place. It was not. <laughs> it was a cool. horrible, horrible place. <laughs> no. And it was really more so a specialized mental institution. And it does comprise quite a large amount of elements. It's mm-hmm. basically a town in itself. They had orchards, vegetable gardens, a piggery. So they had their own food supply. Crazy. They also had... <laughs> Well, they, they had another special ward as well called J-Ward, and that was erected later on, yeah. and it was it was designated for the criminally insane. Yeah. The dangerous patients, so to speak. Exactly. Deemed, deemed and labeled, I should exactly. say. Exactly. It's a very interesting thing. Like, it, it is a fortress. It's a complex, right? Yeah. And it does sit atop a very prominent elevation, it looks over across the land, so it's almost like... It's a weird quasi-castle like or something. Exactly. It's almost like a lighthouse. It's a beacon. Mm, it's mm-hmm. it's the highest point, right. which is interesting, because yeah. if anyone gets out... You can see you them. You can see them for miles. <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it actually came about in a really interesting time of Australian history. I don't know much about the gold rush in Australia, which right. in itself would be a fascinating history to uncover. Yeah. But this kind of coincided with that time. And obviously this was the same time that the Canadian gold rush was happening too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very interesting. Um, obviously had a flux of populations. Uh, there was a lot of people coming from different places. Probably a lot of people that didn't quite fit the mold. No, definitely. And if you didn't fit in, yeah. you were kind of basically effed over right (laughs) and you can see there's a lot of accounts that are actually open on the australian records and you can go and look at first-hand accounts of how people ended up there and like some of them do sound like in like when they're in their writings they sound quite strange but other people sound quite normal and you're like ooh, like you just kind of like i don't know what happened but like somehow you just well it's one of those things right where it's like this is going to sound like a bit of a tangent but it isn't but we've recently watched um an older series called deadwood um and it just maybe kind of it just makes me think of that because it's like when you look at the characters in that show and like that era that's in the u.s obviously but it's like that era of the gold rush and the type of people that are coming and going from these types of sort of like pop up and then they're gone they're, boom towns. they're crusty there's there's a there's a wide range of people there and is. a lot of them are yeah like they're borderline yeah they're they're volatile volatile that's yes. the word i'm looking there for there are like yeah exactly that and there's guns involved there's guns there's liquor there's 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 a very interesting case of one patient we're gonna get into in a tiny bit here that involves that and it's so good i yeah. love this guy but anyway but i guess my point is that it's not surprising that during a gold rush there would be obviously just a plethora of individuals that would be labeled as insane or uh, whatever criminally insane bat or shit. just like yeah basically just <laughs> batshit crazy yeah pretty much yeah that Sorry time. for all the shits. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. okay. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Let's get back to it here. If you, if you drop one more, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to click the explicit box on the episode. <laughs> Let's not do that. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. So, all right. There were three main asylums. They were planned. They were constructed, except for the queue. Um. Actually, sorry, no. The queue was, it was, but... Okay, funny side note about that one. You know what's so creepy about that? I mean, okay. I mean, we can save it till the end, too, but I'm just going to throw it just, out there. Just do it. That one has been supposedly repurposed into, like, condos. And, like, <laughs> resident, like residential. No! Yeah. 
So could you oh, imagine no. that? See, I'm just going to get like a one bed, one bath in like a place where some guy was beaten to death. Oh. Real nice. That's not very Anyway, good. I do not think that Ararat has, uh, that uh, Ardale has ever. No, because no. right now it's currently used as a museum. Right. Uh, they do do tours. Right. There's the Ardale Ghost Tours Company that mm-hmm. basically uses that facility. Yeah. I'm not sure who actually owns it though, which is interesting, mm. but it's probably just the state. It's got to be state owned. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, But essentially, all of these facilities had a very dark history, as you can probably imagine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Australia, this is interesting too, because Australian asylums were known throughout the entire British Empire as being the worst. Yeah. Like, they had a terrible reputation. Yeah. Uh, This came from a guy who actually does, he's a paranormal investigator slash historian for the Airedale Asylum. Nathaniel Buchanan is his name, and he um, was interviewed on a couple different videos that we watched in preparation for this. But he basically said that, yeah, these were, they were terrible places to be. Mm. And a lot of it came from a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge as to what mental illness is. For sure. And the degrees, right? Because there's people that were alcoholics that were locked away with people that were schizophrenics. Yeah. And so alcoholics obviously have their own triggers and they can be quite violent. Same with schizophrenics, but it's all mashed together. So you're just like, well, that's a good way to sober up, get thrown away for life in an asylum. And another thing too, to mention is this asylum opened well before medications were introduced as a treatment for mental illness. So approximately a hundred years went by where this thing was in operation and they only had physical ways to treat people which often meant beatings electrocutions lobotomies or lobotomies which is surgery or just isolation mm. those are the four treatments literally people this was so bad that still in the seven like in the 1800s near the tail end the british crown literally had a royal commission looking into how bad like looking into overcrowding mismanagement and lack of resources for these places Oof. not that they were actually gonna do much about it like nobody was gonna pump money into it because they were it was st- it was it was just a really convenient place to stick. It was just, a, was just exactly a exactly. But they still went in because of the reputation mm-hmm. to do an assessment, and this was before the 1900s. That mm-hmm. this is, so just let's just th- let that sink in for a second. This is at a time when nobody cared about anything or knew about anything, and they were already being like, you know what, this place is a little messed up. Yeah. Maybe we should look at it. That's actually that's a red flag. That's beyond red. Flag. <laughs> that's that's like. But Can't be good. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of, you know, like, the cultural reality of it all. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah, like, it, Deadwood is a really good reference, right? And just the, just to think that, like, if you just stepped out of line and you had two people, two authorities... Right. Like, sanction you as insane, you would be locked away. And you didn't have to be charged or convicted of anything. No. You just had to be accused. And you had to have the two signatures. But to get out? How many did you need there, Andrew? Oh, more than two. <laughs> <laughs> you just need this look. You needed eight. What? Eight. What's with these people in round number and in, in even so numbers? So how the heck, once you're in a place like that, how are you going to get anyone to back you up and be like oh this person actually belongs no, on the course. outside like Garbage sauce. no one you're never gonna no never. one no yeah. you're done you're done once you're in that's pretty much it it's harsh yeah 
And like we said at the beginning, like this complex was huge. It was like, it was like a city. It was like a little, it it wasn't is, I should say, is like a city. So 63 buildings. It was comprised of... That's bigger than the UBC in Vancouver, I would imagine. I mean, well... Actually, maybe not. Maybe not, but still. It's like 63 buildings. That's definitely a heck of a lot bigger than our local university. And like... Very true. It's it's big. Massive. It had over 500 staff. That's impressive. You're managing 500 staff in the 1860s? Like, that's insane. I don't even know. I don't even know. So, and it was designed... It was designed to look like um, the Colney Hatch Mental Hospital... In, in London. Mm. So it's sort of designed to look very much like these sort of quote-unquote successful asylums mm. of the British Empire, right? To kind of give the allure of, or not the allure, the austere of um, power, yeah. of something powerful and successful, right? That's something that would work. Okay, honestly, like, we watched a lot of footage of these buildings and, like, the exteriors of them. Mm-hmm. They look very much like something you would see in, like, Havana or something, or they seem quite tropical or something, or, like, Yeah, very, there's like, a very ornate kind of... D- yeah, very colonial, very, um, yeah. you know, like, not not very hospital-like, what we would imagine these days. I actually think I... I I'm trying to remember. I, I thought I read one reference that it was designed after some Italian architecture of some kind or something. Really? Yeah, like Victorian era. Hmm. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, that definitely, yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, like, obviously these pl- peop- these places were built to put people in that maybe didn't belong in, say, a general jail yeah i was kind of trying to empty the jails of literally like the quote was like the 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 lunatics and the insane and so that to me speaks again to the state of criminality happening in this era right because if you have to have that amount like today obviously that's like a um it's just a it goes without saying so to speak like you you need to have that separation but back then it's like they're just figuring this stuff out Totally. So that's very interesting. This yeah. is a time of um, tumultuous change. Yeah. And just turnover Definitely. in Australian history. One of the interesting things about this place is, well, in general, any conversation about an asylum or psychiatric whatever is just basically like, it is that. It's There's the psychological aspect of it. And it's about the people on the inside and those on the outside too. So mm-hmm. one of the very interesting slash like kind of disturbing elements to this place was the way the ditch walls were dug and they're called ha-ha walls which is literally like (laughs) Like ha-ha as in like yeah like it's hilarious to see how how sad it is basically because what it is is picture a wall the people on the inside on the in that are contained in the asylum have a massive ditch leading down to the bottom of the wall. So t- to them, the wall is 50 feet high. Mm-hmm. To everyone on the outside, the dirt is higher. It looks mm-hmm. like the wall is only 10 feet high. Yeah. So for the population living in Ararat, they're seeing this place as a rehabilitation center with walls that aren't even that high. Why would you need such high walls to keep people in? And then on the inside, the psychological impact is mm-hmm. much different. It's you are never leaving this place. Yeah. Ever. Don't even try don't even so it's it's a very it's an architectural slap in the face really really (laughs) in a way right it's like literally called a ha-ha wall (laughs) that to me is like was that like an official phrase or that that was on that was on uh, that's just a cloak that's just become a colloquial colo (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm i'm two beers in here i'm not trying to (laughs) colloquialism (laughs) yes nailed it sweet Mm. but anyway that was kind of interesting i thought Basically designed to look like a hospital, but function like a prison. 
So, yeah. Creepy. It was the largest insane asylum, like you already said, in all of Victoria, but then there was the nearby ones that were very, very large as well, Beechwood and Kew. Basically, Ardale had the reputation of being the worst of the three, though, in the 1800s. Like, I suppose that could be argued depending on who came, actually made it out alive from any of those three. Yeah. But, um... Which wasn't very many. Yeah. And there were a lot of people in all three that, yeah, ended up there that shouldn't have. Up until the 1960s, 70s, you literally could have been thrown in there for simply being gay, for being an alcoholic, for being a drug addict, for being, for having postpartum depression for a recent, for a new mother. Mm -hmm. Um, That's huge. For. That's crazy. uh, I don't even know. For sleepwalking, probably, you could get freaking put in there. For a nervous tick. If you could, if there was something about you that people couldn't explain, you would just get shipped off for that. Great. And it's interesting, too, because we've had people reach out to us that are Australians yeah. in the past, um, especially related to the Big Cat episode, right? Where right. there's like, oh, yeah, like, my grandpa or my great uncle saw something. He didn't say anything to anyone, though, because he didn't want to get locked away. Yeah. <laughs> that says a lot about that the state came of people's so many... fear, yes. right? Big like, that's crazy. And it was the same across everywhere. I mean, right? Like, we... I don't know if you're you're probably going to bring it up later, but, like, there's the pop culture stuff yeah. of this. I mean, we'll, we'll save it or whatever, but for all those well, um, yeah, like obviously American, American Horror, Horror Story, Story fans they out did there. A, season 2 was all about that. Yeah. I was just trying to remember, because you mentioned um, the fact that if you were homosexual, you could be imprisoned. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember, actually. Was the reporter in that season 2 homosexual? No. So, in what that season it? 2... Or, yes, yes, she was. I think she, she was. was. Yeah, and that's um, why and then, they actually right. ended up getting her. Yeah. Because, like, that is the most terrifying concept related to this. Yes. That you, you at home listening right now, or wherever you are, you, if you have something strange about you, or something that people look at you and kind of cock their head, or even, or yeah. Or would have, have in that exactly, time, right? Exactly, right. You could have been locked away for, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Your freedom stripped from you. <laughs> Your personhood stripped from you. You don't get all a, of your rights stripped from you. Don't you don't get a dime to make your one phone call. No, <laughs> you don't get anything. No. And then you're subjected to a lot of treatments and a lot of experimental ones that are quite. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what's the nice way of brutal. saying that. Yeah, they are absolutely inhumane, brutal, brutal. Because the the you know it's almost the same mentality as, like the Nazis in a way, like the doctors that were doing experiments. It's these people are less than human because they're in here. You know what I mean? Like they've, they've messed up or their brains aren't right or whatever. And so we can do what we want to, 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 to learn, to, to, uh, whatever. Use these people as guinea pigs. Yeah. Just kind of essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of extract whatever scientific value from them. And then that's it. But there was crazy, like, well, we, we did mention J. Ward. Yeah. J. Ward was a huge aspect of this. It yes. was the place where all the criminally insane were housed. Yeah. It did open up about, it was just 11 years after the jail, op- sorry, the asylum opened originally. <laughs> the jail. It is jail. a jail. It, it literally is because, You can't to, leave, to be honest, that's a jail. <laughs> There's no day trips. You don't how, get picked okay, up to go do it. In a- the entire, oh my gosh. In the entire time that this building was used as an institution, there were roughly 13,000 people that died there. And this building stood for over 130 years. 
and the only sanctioned executions that occurred on the property occurred in the very earliest years, and it was three executions. So that means all of the other 12,997 people that died there died of other reasons. Yeah. Either natural deaths from old age or violent deaths at the hands of other inmates or at the hands of their doctors and their handlers. I'm just going to go ahead. I have no reference for this, but just straight ballpark guess. I'm going to say of those remaining people that over 85% of them were deaths at the hands of the employees. Yeah. A like lot that's of, like a lot of abuse, a lot of neglect, abuse, and a neglect, lot of, a lot of a lot of just failed treatments. Like there was one treatment I read about that w- took place in the women's ward, and the woman that one of the patients there was refusing to eat, and she refused to talk, refused to eat, refused to do anything. And one of the nurses got so frustrated that she ended up literally shoving a metal spoon of food down this woman's throat to try and feed her. After she did that, it was quite a struggle. Obviously, there was quite a commotion. Um, and the, when the spoon was removed, the woman just started just just choking up blood. And she just died on the spot in front of everyone. Crazy. Yeah. So that's just one little tidbit there. <laughs> but it's crazy Yikes. because going back to those executions, like... So, yeah, there were only three official sanctioned executions carried out at J Ward. They were hanged. And they were actually buried upright which is weird. And their graves were unmarked until later on. And uh, the inmates actually marked their graves for them. And then later on, the officials went and gave them actual like placards. So they're uh, memorialized or whatever. But that's freaky, man. Oh my freaky. God. Uh, there is an estimate here that roughly one third of patients that entered this asylum never saw freedom again. And you could be in, you could be put in there as young as 14 years old if you were a girl. 17 if you're a man. That's, That's the weird. stupidest That's thing standard. I've ever heard. What, you know, what, what you know why that is, though? Because women, they're getting their, you know, they're coming of age at about 12, 13, having kids, because, like, it's a rough time, right? Oh, well, then so I guess they should just kid, put every and woman. And that's, that's exactly, but, like, that's your age of maturity, right? Right, That's yeah. what people peg you at. Stick them all in there, then, I guess, would be the uh, solution back imagine, in the day. Could you imagine, could you imagine Every 14-year-old girl in the entire country of Australia would have to be incarcerated in an asylum based on that logic. What? As soon as you hit puberty, no. you're going... <laughs> no, 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 that's what I meant. Like, they hit puberty, they're able to give birth. Right. Therefore, when they actually... Like, I'm assuming there was obviously a lot of rape cases, like, you know, things yeah. like that, where kids are traumatized, they're giving birth. Obviously, they probably don't even want the kid. They are probably exhibiting some signs of mental illness, and they probably just get locked away right. for the rest of their lives. Oh, good times. That. It was like that joke in uh, Flight of the Concords. When Jermaine, the New Zealander, falls in love with the Australian, the right. bloody Australian, <laughs> it's gross, like, like whatever, criminal, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, and then she's like, oh, you know, when my mom met my dad, well, actually, she was raped. <laughs> it's like, just says it so casually. And it was like, but that to me speaks to the, the actual the reality, history, right? Yeah. It speaks to that. And yeah. the, the fact that this stuff was quite commonplace. So if you think about that. You know, like it, I, yeah. it becomes a lot darker, right? Like you it's can one laugh of those, it up. It's hard. Concords, but yeah, it's hard to place ourselves in the 1860s and be like, yeah, yeah. It's rough. It's messed up. It's just rough. Yeah, it's, it's rough. dirty. It's gritty. It's no one's looking after you. You can disappear off the face of the earth, and no one's gonna come after you, yeah. and no one's gonna come after the people that disappeared you. Right. <laughs> so that's Yikes. where we're at, essentially. Yeah. Uh. yeah. 
Well, like you said, there was only a few executions. Um, yeah, one of them was on the 15th of August, 1870. That was actually the first one. Um, Andrew Ver was the name. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. Same name as me. Let's Andrew. I wonder if he was actually convicted or if he was just no, accused of No, of murder. course he was not convicted. There was no such thing as due process. You're in there. You're, you, yeah, that's all it is. He was hanged for the murder of Amos Chael in January of 1869. Yeah, the second one was held on the 25th of September in 1883, and that that's was Robert jump. Francis Burns. That's over a decade, eh? Yeah, it's, you have to wonder if the reason for, like, you know, actually, like, pulling the trigger to actually do an execution rather than just leave people in there was because of public outcry or something, or, like, because people, mm. it was to, you know, just to make example... Very, I guess. very true, because there were quite a bit of um, people who were either suspected or convicted of murder, and they were never hung. Yeah. And we'll get into that guy, because yeah, yeah. he's an interesting bird. <laughs> totally. But yeah, no, it, it's very crazy to think that, you know, like, as the times changed across the decades, across the century, it it definitely was reflected in the changing faces and changing names of Airedale it, it kind of reflected the, the the societal transformations or perceptions and that type of thing and they're actually in 1966 there was a bit of a transformation um the mental hospital became a training center and I believe at this point the criminal um aspect was already disbanded like the J ward was already officially closed and everything right but essentially it became a training center called Ararat training center And many of the mental hospital patients and residents continued as patients. And then um, there was a slight change. It was kind of weird. Like, this is... We should touch on this, too, because there's basically four four classifications of insanity at this point. But by the time of 1966, there was a recognition of intellectual disabilities. So I guess they would have called it retardation at that they point. They would have at that or point. Or yep. handicapping or something like that. But essentially, these people were reclassified as trainees, which I'm not even sure what that really means. Huh. But it's interesting because the, the situation did continue for another about 25 years. Oh, no. J Ward is still around. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot. It was actually around until 1991. I thought it was six. Year I was born. <laughs> Crazy. Which is interesting because around that point in 1991... That was when the situation changed again. And the Ararat Forensic Psychiatry Center opened. Okay. And this was a medium security facility. And it only had 20 patient beds. Which is interesting. That's a a huge... um, Over double before for J-Ward, wasn't it? Like, or more than that even. I'm assuming way more than that. Like, originally it was like, I think I saw it was something like 75 Beds? Yeah, or something like that. Okay. So it's like, if, if in 1991 the capacity is 20, that's pretty crowded at 75. <laughs> or something, right? I'm just thinking, like, only 20 of... patients? Like, that seems like not a lot. But if when I'm going well, to yeah, my... Kinda... I'm referencing now, I'm going back to American Horror Story, I'm like, wait a second, how many patients were in that facility? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that big, though. Let's say no. that. There's 63 buildings. It's also a fictional... It's also a matter of staffing, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> but usually things like that are modeled after their end. Indeed they are, yeah, you know, of course. You can argue that. But no, it, yeah, it, it definitely it went through all these revolutions, right? Because if you think about it, people, like, I'm sorry, I have a lot of sensitivity. I grew up in a household where my mom 
took care of people, and she still continues to say take care of people with mental and physical disabilities. Yeah. And it's not as if I look down on any of these people at all. But it is interesting to think that even in our lifetimes, I've seen so many changes in just the vocabulary, right? Yeah. To talk about it, yeah, discuss for sure. it. And for sure. It's kind of a sensitive subject for sure. And I never, ever in my least bone in my body ever want to offend anyone. So I'm sorry if any words that we have used today. It's all for historical it accuracy. Is. Like it we're is. not anytime you, I say retardation or retard, I'm not saying to- that. It's and totally just from the times, right? Exactly, right? Yeah, so but pe- people, come on you guys. You know what I'm talking about. No, right? Absolutely. You guys no, have seen sure. it in your lives too, like the revolutions in political correctness, yep. essentially, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. But that's what this facility was reflecting too, right? It went from being an asylum yep. to a mental hospital to a whatever, like, you know, and then Matching finally... Matching up with a, the public perception. Exactly. A psychiatry center. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So Sounds so go. professional. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very kosher. Insane asylum or psychiatric center. What <laughs> <laughs> rolls off the tongue better. Asylum to me sounds like, I mean, and I actually think that was a um, segment of like the Batman comic series or something, but it just sounds like a word from that. It sounds like it's right up there with like Gotham and like things that are dark and wet and scary and you don't want to be there because you're going to get murked. Dark and wet and scary. That sounds like the cellar. (laughs) Oh yeah. It sounds like where we work. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oh dear. Well, <laughs> there were some really notable patients slash prisoners, though, of this place that I feel like we should mention mm-hmm. um, because, well, especially this first one, because <laughs> there's not even a lot of detail to it, but it's just straight messed up, you guys. Charles Fossard, okay? This guy was admitted in 1903 at the age of 21. Do you actually know what he was admitted for? That no. I couldn't find. Actually, it, well, I don't think it was. A, it wasn't a violent crime or anything like that. He was admitted for. Very... He wasn't in J Ward. As far oh, as I know, I can't say that for sure one way or the other. As far as I know, he wasn't in J Ward. Anybody out there listening that can dig it up the or one knows? One thing that was crazy about this know. guy. The only reason I included him in our notes was just the fact that he was the longest. record longest serving yeah. patient. Yeah, nineteen oh three to nineteen seventy four. Yeah. but yeah i know that's insane to think that okay wait so if he was admitted under some sort of violent offense he was obviously never properly treated for it they just deemed him an incurable i guess Ooh, that an incurable (sighs) what was that was that an american horror story was that something else where it's like the incurables Oh, that was, that like was in one. Murdoch Mysteries. Oh, Incredible. right, right, right. Yeah, Stop yeah. <laughs> no, there, there was a very similar episode to this in Murdoch Mysteries recently that we watched where he, like, catches some doctor performing experiments on people in, like, a cell. I remember he was pulling prisoners from a jail, getting them to sign off to say that they were going to do experiments or whatever. Dr. Um, Dr. Bates. Oh, yeah. Remember? Creepy. Super creepy. Ugh. Anyway, common themes. Common themes. Very sure. common themes. But could you just imagine this? So 71 years and you die in custody. Yeah. Was it this guy that said, was it Charles Foster or was it, I think it was the other guy here, Bill Wallace, who was like, I don't want to leave. Oh, oh, (laughs) well, 
I feel like a lot of people said that. Um, I feel like that comes as part of your institutionalization. You become highly dependent on it. Yeah. And for a lot of people, yeah, with limited mental capabilities and just um, social capabilities too, right? It, it comes down to that yeah. too. Yeah. They just choose the easier way, right? Do you, okay, you're used to having your meals fed to you three times a day. Maybe they're gross meals, but maybe you don't know how to cook or you wouldn't feed yourself otherwise. Well, and it's the difference of literally having a roof over your head or not. Yeah, that's just it too, right? You have heat, you have water, you have food, you have a toilet, and that's basically, but you're being subjected to whatever else, right? Because you are a ward of the state. I feel like you have heat because it's Australia, but otherwise it probably wasn't like adequately um, eating some kangaroo or cooled and some road roofs <laughs> probably yeah i would imagine but anyways yeah so that guy was pretty crazy the way that he lived his life could you imagine that i'm only 20 oh should i say hold am <laughs> i already 26. gave it away <laughs> did you i'm born in 91 people oh, can yeah. do math 91 i can't but other people can but anyways yeah i'm just imagining living 71 years of life behind bars like that it's crazy yeah with no tv no nothing. No nothing. I mean, well, maybe they had a TV in the common room. I would assume they did in the sixties. Sixties going up to the whatever. Maybe. Do you remember that? That was an American Horror Story too. Anyways, True. Yeah. one of my favorite parts of this episode, doing the research for it at least, was coming across this guy called Bill Wallace, mm. and he was a peach. Let's just say. Indeed. Okay. So this guy came into Airedale after he was suspected of shooting a man over a cigarette in a Melbourne cafe in 1926. Wallace was uh, 41 years old at the time, and he was also arrested at the scene of the crime, but he refused to confess or talk to police or the psychiatric doctors. (laughs) Two of which declared him insane, and that's when he ended up to Airedale. So basically... (laughs) Wallace, it was interesting. The way I saw his story described was essentially he, I guess he frequented this Melbourne cafe quite a bit. I don't think he owned it. That wasn't what I read. Mm, No. But essentially this guy um, started smoking in front of Wallace and Wallace wasn't okay with it for whatever reason. Okay. Not sure why. And essentially what happened was he waited until the man stepped outside of the cafe and supposedly shot him in the alley, or in the road, or whatever, in the street. Okay. And then he was still standing over the victim when the police arrived. So that's why they arrested him at the scene of the crime. Okay. Wallace was a ward of the state. So he was a ward of the governor at the governor's pleasure. So that meant the governor could decide when he wanted to release Wallace, if at all. And that means that there is no minimum or maximum sentence to ever place on him. So that, to me, is crazy. That's indefinite um, enclosure or indefinite incarceration, which is illegal, I would imagine. Well, not back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically this guy was institutionalized indefinitely and only theoretically would be released if the governor was convinced he was cured, which never happened. Because I guess no one was in Wallace's corner. Wow. Which is weird, right? Because he was 41 at the time. Apparently, he actually had family. He had a wife. He had kids. Maybe they wanted him to get locked up. Perhaps. But he he never talked to them. He never spoke of them or to them after his arrest. Which was weird. Because, to me, that does speak to some sort of ill relations, right? Yeah. So, yeah. He was incarcerated until his death in 1989. So, the fall of the Berlin Wall. 
And he was at the ripe old age of 107, which makes him the oldest prisoner slash patient of the facility. Wow. Incarcerated for a total of um, 64 years. And he... Okay, this reminds me of my favorite supervillain. Who's that? Hannibal Lecter. Ooh. I love this guy. I'm sorry. But Wallace was an enigma. Yeah. He never communicated with his doctors. He never communicated with prison officials. He didn't like them knowing his head, essentially. And so this led to a lifetime of institutionalization. But, yeah, he was fine with it, apparently. That is very Lecter-esque, right? Because Lecter was, again, he was an enigma. People couldn't figure him out. I remember Chilton, he was so chapped that he couldn't even get him. Like, he... (laughs) What did he, in the one scene where he's like, I tried to give him a Rorschach test. He folded it into origami. <laughs> I was like, that's my game. Like, but anyways, or it was uh, like a, I don't know if we, we should a definitely, Rorschach we'll, test we'll probably add uh, one of those films into our, our uh, ITP movie. Yes, we're going to be doing movies. Do. That's the next sort of thing yes. we're kind of getting into. Yeah. Because we always talk about these movies anyway, so we're yeah. like, well, might as well just... Yeah, we'll add in a little extra episode over here and there. That's uh, yeah. horror, paranormal, and uh, sci-fi weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Wallace, this guy was so weird. Apparently, he was the heaviest smoker that Airedale ever saw. He preferred um, the government-issue brand of tobacco, and he also smoked it in 50-pound blocks. <laughs> 50 pounds! Like, he, he would get that. Like, that's that's crazy that they would even provide that <laughs> Did I people. actually add a zero to that? Like, <laughs> was it five pound blocks? Like, even that. Five pounds? Honestly, I feel like... Like, get, hey, I'm just trying to think, like, tobacco's really light. Yeah. So, 50 pounds is a lot. We, we're familiar with other stuff that's a little more green, less brown. But like, <laughs> Shout out to Kryptonaut Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm just about... Can you imagine what that would look That's like a like? hundred grand, bro, of the, <laughs> of the devil's lettuce. <laughs> this would fill the entire room. Anyways, oh, man. Maybe it was five pound blocks. I it's think lucky I, that I they let him smoke too. tobacco, though. Yes. They were very nice to Wallace. They, One I think of the he few. had a very... He, he was a gentleman, right? Like, he preferred mm, to be mm-hmm. called Mr. Wallace. This guy wore a suit every day of his life. He oh, yeah. They let him keep wearing them. Yes, and he actually had a annual fitting done every year, and the guards would let him out. Well, he wasn't, like, let out, but he actually had... <laughs> yeah, just let out. He Be had back the suit 12. shop come to him. It was called Foster's, uh, and he he would get suited up, and he would get fitted and everything every year. And it was just, like, he, he was very... he. If you were rude to him, he would gouge dry though. If you were polite, if you were a gentleman yourself, if you were a lady, he would leave you alone. He would be, you know, he, it's almost like, again, it's a, it's a parallel to Lecter. so Hannibal, yeah. Kill the improper, kill the rude. Rudeness is an epidemic. Right. That's what he said at one point. Except for that one time he, he, he kills the, uh, like the trumpet player for like having a bad night or something. That's rude to him. If you're not performing well, you shouldn't be up there. And if, like, literally, he was, no, no, he was no, dead no, weight. No, he was but, dead weight, right? So you eliminate the dead weight, and then you get, and then the next that's scene, different than the next rude. scene where he's watching the, um, the symphony, he's like, oh, yes, I can right. enjoy this. <laughs> like, so no, no sprained fingers if uh, no Lecter's listening. Up. 
<laughs> yeah, Adam out there yeah. with the <laughs> with his band a bass player. You know, if you get a oh yeah, shout out to the Suffers. The Suffers, we were listening to you on the way. Uh, we were indeed to, such a good band. Love it. Love it so much. But anyways, yeah. So you could characterize this Mr. Wallace as a highly institutionalized person, almost like a Shawshank Redemption type character. You know, Brooks from Shawshank, where he gets ends up getting released, and he's like. He kills himself because he's like, I Doesn't don't know what to do. I don't fit in society. Yeah. I don't know how to handle myself. I'm, I am an institutionalized person. So essentially, okay, what happened to <laughs> Wallace? He turned 100 years old while he was institutionalized. The public caught wind of this, apparently, and they petitioned. They wanted him out. They were like, holy man, this guy has been incarcerated since the age of 41. I think he needs to live out his last few years in freedom and just enjoy the countryside or whatever. Because mm-hmm. that's where it was, right? It was in yeah. Farmer City. Yeah. Farmer Central, I should say, not Farmer City, because that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> there was just anyways. like a 50-story haystack. Farmer yeah. City. So essentially... It was successful. It was a three-year petition. The governor finally recognized it, and he was like, all right, Mr. Wallace, you got your freedom. Yep. What did Mr. Wallace say? He said, don't be effing silly. I live here. You know what? No. He said his famous words were, don't be fucking silly. (laughs) I live here. Okay. We're clicking explicit. I'm sorry. Fuck it. No, seriously, though. Like, (laughs) that's his fucking famous words, man, and I'm just gonna say it. It is true. Because that's... It's... I know we blanked it out in our notes. I'm sorry. It's all good. I I teach you up there, That's that's why. Yeah, that's that's why. I teach you up there, man. Yeah, you kind of did. It's all good. (laughs) You can't can't have a prison episode or a mental asylum episode without dropping an F-bomb. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's just say if I was in there, there would be a lot of F-bombs getting dropped. Yeah. There's more to ITP behind the scenes than meets the <laughs> We're the gritty. We're <laughs> No, we're not. No, we're really not. We're pansy poofs. Uh, clone of mission. <laughs> we can't say anything. But I do swear like a sailor sometimes. Sometimes. Well, at the, there's at typically the, not on the show. In the cellar we do. In the cellar we do. There's time and place, man. That is so funny, you know, the story of Mr. Wallace. Like, that is something else. Really. Yeah. You're there for that long, and then he's like, you idiots. Like, you I don't idiot. even, like... <laughs> Beef. Like, what are you even asking Don't me that be for? Silly, yeah. It's so funny. He actually lived out the remainder of his life in the geriatric ward of Airedale. So by this point, it was kind of yeah, converted. And, right. And he died one month shy of See, turning that would 108 be, years That would old. be so weird to have gone through all those, the evolution, right? Like, he was there when it was, you know, when it was... All of these Before things, these yeah. transitions. Could like, you just before... imagine if you put pen to paper and just recorded oh, and documented man. and... Because that was something we didn't really, like, I know that there's some records out there from patients, like, and we did come across a few of their entry stories, how they kind of ended up there. Yeah. But we didn't actually get the inside scoop of what goes on behind those walls, which is very... Yeah, sometimes there's not enough time. Maybe we'll have to do a a little mini bonus follow-up for some of those details. I would love if anyone in Australia has some tidbits out there, or even, like, family that or something. Yeah, that would be really cool. Even now, if they go on a ghost tour, hey, that would be really cool. We'd love to hear about that. Or if you've ever done it in the past, or or know anyone who has, that would be sweet. Because the ghost tours are ripe for the picking. Yeah. That's kind of what we're moving into here, um, is the reports of hauntings at this place. Because, I mean, yeah, any asylum, like we said before, 13,000 people perished there. (sighs) However that happened, we don't know. That leaves a lot of restless souls. It's the type of of place that I personally would never want to step foot in, but I will if we go. (laughs) 
Just, <laughs> <laughs> he gives me that look like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there were some pretty notable hauntings in this place. And uh, some definitely, like, lots of groups that go there and try to do, like, the classic, like, ghost hunting, you know, doing the Paranormal tests, investigators. Paranormal investigators. You turn on the light. If, I, if there's a spirit here, turn on the light. Yeah. <laughs> then you pan the camera around, just as some guy named Steve flicking on the light in the background. Stella, <laughs> shut up. We got, a, we got a boxer in here and she is loud. Stella. Shush. <laughs> a boxer dog. Boxer. Yeah, boxer English. We always dog. mention Stella. We do. People know her. She knows. She's our third host. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Official mm-hmm. mascot. You have something to say there, Stella? She's hungry. Dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> She's hungry. But yeah, I mean, a couple a couple notable ones. Like, did you want to... I mean, one of them was this lady named Nurse Carrie. Now, yes. very, that's such a quintessential, like, you know, Nurse Carrie. I, oh, it makes me think like of Nurse like, Ratchet. Yeah, it makes me think of that character like she was just some sort of, like, demonic nurse. Stella, are you itchy? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, so. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, so, reports of these hauntings talk about nurses in white uniforms, people crying and moaning, footsteps going down the hallways, all kind like the typical kind of haunting stuff that you would get. There was a g- ghost investigation group that went there. I think it was the early two thousands, and they yeah. they claimed to have basically they were trying to provide authentic evidence for paranormal activity in the asylum. And uh, I don't know, like they they did come up with some stuff, didn't they? Like they well, was that the group with the bite on the neck, or that was a different no, story? No, that was different. Okay, okay, okay. That was different. It was a lot more topical. They did get some really cool stories from the tour guide that accompanied them. Um, and he had a lot of... He was the one that told told the story about the woman with the spoon getting shoved down her throat and that type of thing. Right. He was also the one that told them the story about the straitjacket. So it was in the documentary. It didn't happen to oh, them. okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was recorded, like, you know, the story. Right. So apparently... This guy was leading a ghost tour, and there was a group. They were supposedly paranormal investigators, whatever. I guess if anyone's a, you know, a, a weekend ghost hunter, that's what they call them. Sure. Anyways. And these guys, it wasn't sure, or wasn't clear, sorry, whether he was actually had the straitjacket on or if he was just examining it. But he had a violent encounter with a spiritual entity that essentially bit him on the neck very violently, yeah. which was quite common, right? right. Acts of violence with biting, yeah. very common. Yeah. And uh, essentially, the, all of the people were like, oh my gosh, and they gathered around him, and they all saw it. Yeah. And he went into the next room to kind of like examine it in better light, because it was obviously pitch black in there. And it vanished. Gone. It was gone. So So it's very like, it's, it's like the hot spots kind of dictate what you're experiencing or yeah. feeling. I, we'll get into this at the very end. Like the the idea of a spectral wound is mm. bizarre to me. Seeing a specter and having a spectral wound on your own body. So what is that? Is weird. What's the definition of that? Like, it's basically a ghost wound. It's there one second and then it's gone. But it isn't Can the ghost you itself. Like a ghost limb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that. But Sorry, it was very much the same thing though. Like like you just said with Nurse Carrie, right? She mm-hmm. was the head of. She was. She was the head of the women's ward. Essentially the women's version of J-Ward. Right? Like for dangerous women? I'm not women. actually sure she was the head, but she was definitely a very well-known personality okay. she around was, there. She was, yeah, people knew who she and was. Yeah, like you can, 
she's been painted in multiple ways. Yeah, some people say that she has basically like this icy stare that will compel people to leave the room when she's in it. Others yeah. say that she's like more of a benevolent spirit that it's that's not so negative and scary. No, it's almost like she's sweet Nurse Carrie with yeah. a soft-spoken voice, the one that can get a patient to do basically anything. You know what I mean? Like, not, nah, no, nah, whatever. But, like, you know, manipulate yeah. them and be that person that's, like, a calming sort of presence. But it, it is very interesting because you get this sort of aspect where a lot of people that have visited and have sort of cited what they think is Nurse Carrie or the apparition of her. Right. Where they do describe this icy stare and they get this... they immediately get the feeling of being unwelcome and a lot of people have described how when they go past the women's ward into the men's ward especially the surgical ward they almost feel as if they're getting pushed back as if they don't the spirits want to push them away from the suffering and the the sort of trauma and the the exact like the threat right because right. obviously there were some weird surgeries and things like lobotomies going on um and if you mess that up it's not as if people are going to come looking for you and be like oh you don't get your medical license anymore <laughs> it's just people just didn't say anything no. it's like oh this person's actually insane yeah so they were always like this yeah it's all good <laughs> it's all fine <laughs> it's all dandy it was just like this when i was like he was like this when i got him just pass the buck yeah. <laughs> like, oh that's bad that's so bad i'm sorry i'm not too soon too soon. Yeah. But it's crazy because, okay, you get the experience of biting, you get pushing, you get people who have, yeah, exactly, been literally feel like there's such a presence that's just so ominous and yeah. so oppressive that they totally. feel like there's, like, this pressure on their chest and that, oh, what was the other one? Where The smells, right? The sulfurous mm, smells. Yeah. Which is very typical with, go like, ghost activity, paranormal activity having those types of whether it's uh sulfurous or just just rotting like rotten flesh mm -hmm. smell essentially or burning flesh smell. or even the taste there was this one spot that was um one of the oh it was a superintendent that actually killed himself by ingesting prussic acid yeah and people that are in his office sometimes they'll get this immediate gross taste in their mouth yeah. and they have to and as soon as they leave the area it's fine it goes back to normal right. And that was actually a doctor that did that, right? So that was a that it was, was a one of the yeah the superintendent and what like, and a the doctor. heck made him do that? Exactly, that's creepy, right? man. Because there were definitely the dark history. There, there were there were mal there were many suicides. Yes. I mean, not all documented, obviously, but well, there you was have the to thing imagine. called the suicide walk. Yeah. Well, that was essentially was a elevated platform walk that went from the women's to the men's ward. Yes. And it was enclosed, but apparently you could, if you really were determined, you could throw yourself off yeah. it and kill yourself. You could. Um, so yeah, it's essentially like a covered bridge, and you can see it in the in the photos of the institution, it's which we'll have up, it. and you can look at it. People claim to, so like in this one blog I looked at, it's like when people cross, would cross over from one, one, from one ward to the next, um, like in modern times for tours and things, or just government people there because it's state owned, they would feel essentially like either like an icy grip somewhere on their body. So whether it's like an icy grip around your wrist, like pulling you in one way or icy hands around your neck, oh. it was almost like the souls of people still offering a way out for those that were crossing from one side to the other. Like, I'm willing to strangle you to death so you don't have to live out the remainder of your days in this place. Oh, spooky, man. Pat is 
terrible. <laughs> so there's that. And it almost seems as if those are more sympathetic spirits. And In then a way. you get the ones where, okay, there were several accounts where violence is inflicted on the people visiting or they witness a violent apparition where there was this one case um, where essentially, yeah, one of the uh, tour guides, his name was Doug, he was this really cute old guy with like a big white mustache. And he said that there was one instance where he saw a woman being beat over the head in the kitchen. The kitchen was a hot spot for all this stuff, apparently. Yeah, right. There was a lot of really gross, like, weird things that were seen, like, as far as apparitions and ghosts and things like that. There was also, um, this was close to the kitchen. It wasn't quite in the kitchen, though. I think it was just in another adjacent ward. There was this one occurrence by, it was an actual possession where this woman who was with Doug, he was the he was the tour guide that night, and he experienced a woman who essentially became unresponsive. Her neck and her spine arched up. It was almost as if she was experiencing a seizure, but not really because she wasn't convulsing. She was just tensed, and her neck went straight up. Her eyes went to the ceiling, into the back of her head, and her mouth opened. She was almost like just in that crazy, like, just like, a, like not a manic state, but like a a seizure state that's like frozen yeah and essentially she was unresponsive didn't respond to anyone i was like are you okay what's going on like are you what's happening right now and she essentially walked in a zombie-like trance out of the room and when she exited the building she went back to normal somebody didn't something didn't want her so either she's a really great actress or something weird happened there (laughs) yeah yeah i'm gonna go with the latter freaky man yeah Freaky, freaky. Yeah, the kitchen. So let's get into that a little bit. Sure. Um, there's not much to say, really, other than the fact that, like, Doug, again, like, he described a couple different entities. He said there was a German cook and a young boy. A young boy. Like, how young, I'm wondering. Well, And they're both uh-huh. demonic. Like, they both, like, are very violent uh, and very just aggressive and, and very, again, like, uh, very oppressive. And so you have to be very careful. Like, there's places in that building that Doug won't go. He really? Said, he said he's been there, and it just, the, it it's so oppressive, it pushes them out. Heesh. Which is giving me Freaks shivers. me out, man. Shiver, shivers. Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. There was this one thing about, I don't know how real this is, but apparently there's a haunted bathroom where there's a white witch. A white witch. A white witch. Okay. This is kind of, you know, la brujas. Sissi, wee wee. Yeah. But apparently she inhabits the bathroom, which is also the place where supposedly over six patients were murdered, where they were actually chopped to bits with an axe, which sounds like the classic Hollywood, or yeah, Hollywood Halloween story to me. So I'm like, eh, I'm going to take that one with a grain of salt because I don't know... Well, what, there's a witch, there's murder, there's axes, there's bodies chopped to bits. Like, this is all just Hollywood to me. Like, no, it know. definitely does. But at the same time, like, though, why? too, it's And like, how, right? Yeah. How would someone be chopped to bits? Six people, not just one. You know, I could see maybe an accident with a patient if they got a hold of something, but... Yeah. Six people? I don't mm. know. That sounds a little much. Let's put on a thinking cap, see ya. I'm gonna say that that one's probably just blown out of proportion. But, um, yeah. still adds to the creepiness of it, for sure. Yeah, you mentioned already the superintendent that committed suicide, and so people will, yeah, get that taste in their mouths when they enter into different rooms. I love that, the different sensations. You can feel 
coldness, you can feel taste things, you can smell things, you can see things, right? So you're yeah. covering all these sensories. Definitely. And people have claimed too that like, well, and, and some people have said they just straight up get sick. It's not necessarily oh, yeah. like a bad taste or anything like that. It's just all of a sudden you are feeling totally fine and then you're ill, like you're going to vomit. And it, there's no bad smell. There's no, indi- there's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. It's just all of a sudden you are sick to your stomach. It's very, very strange. It's messed up, man. Yeah. There was also this, uh, the ghost of old Margaret. <laughs> old Margie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the best known ghosts of this place and was one of the, uh, one of the patients who was kicked out in the late 1990s. Oh, when it closed. Yeah. When it actually closed. But people believe that she came back because it was one of the only things she knew. That's the so sad part. So she said to haunt the halls because it's just the only home she ever had. That is crazy to think that. Sad. For some people, that literally was their home. Yeah. Count your blessings, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because that would suck. That really... Like, no sugarcoating. That would suck the big one. That's the understatement of the century. Like, there's no... There's no... I'm just trying to think, like, it's almost like a souped-up version of working at a McDonald's for your entire life or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Are you kidding me? I would way rather do that. <laughs> what? Is, what? No, I'm just trying to think of, like, the um, regimented institutionalization (laughs) and highly controlled ways that you perform and are, you know, it's biopolitics, right? Like, if you're controlling human bodies and the behaviors they're allowed to express and the emotions they're allowed to express, then that is definitely a form of biopolitics. Very true. I'm sorry, I'm bringing in our international relations. No, it's all good. (laughs) No, you're right. But no, that's so, so sad. Yeah. So let's get into the whole, like, treatments here, because I feel like people are probably well-versed, well, not well-versed with it, but they have their own ideas, and I feel like their ideas probably aren't that far off. Yeah, and, like, we listed a lot already, right? I guess we did, Like, the most hardcore of them all, in a way, is, like, the transorbital lobotomy, which is essentially, like, Well, that's the most permanent. I'm not sure if that's the most hardcore. Well... Because it's almost like, in a lot of cases, you just go into, like, almost like a very lethargic, dream-like trance. I guess all I mean by that is, like, they're shoving a metal rod up your nose into your brain to scramble your brain. Yeah. Yes. So... I feel like the harshest, though, is probably isolation. Yeah, straight jacket isolation. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. How is that going to help somebody who is going, who who you think is crazy? All I'm saying is that I don't know how to deal with this problem, so I'm putting it away. <laughs> I'm locking it in a box. I'm going to put it away. That's what I'm going to do. But see, like, to me, like, that is less humane than just, like, just executing people. Yes. I would rather be executed. Because like, if really I was around, think there's going to be a good benefit to no. that? There's going to be, like, Like, if I was around in 1867 and got in, put in that place, I would want to be put down. And that's why you had people on the suicide walk dropping off. Yes. I would have been that guy. <laughs> I wouldn't have lasted 15 minutes at that place. Honestly, I, I feel like I would have been the Oreos. one that was forever perennially hopeful that I'm going to take this place down and I'm going to show all of the, you know... Exactly like in American Horror Story, right? Because she was a reporter True. and she was trying to uncover all this stuff. Yeah, and then she yeah. ends up becoming a patient herself. I feel like we need to go and rewatch that. Fine. So scary, man. That's my freaking worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Absolutely insane. But it terrifies me to the core. And that's no. why we're covering it this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like we said too, like everything changed over the years. And Jay Ward officially closed the same year I was born. 91. That is kind of crazy. And then by 93, all hospital patients and center trainees were relocated to different kind of community-based housing facilities and different things like that. 
That okay, so that's the move into group homes. Yeah. Which again did have a lot of abuses and a lot of neglect and a lot of um just uh, yeah. things that were necessary, things of care were not taken into consideration. And that's why we have things today like where there's two residents max per person. Like that's what my mom does, right? Like she actually has legislation that restricts the amount of people she can care for. Yeah. So she has two clients, same with my aunt, mm-hmm. and that's all they're allowed. Yeah. They can't have a group home. They no. can't be looking after four or five people because no. that you can't handle. Turns it. into neglect. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It turns into a, a bad situation, yeah. or can turn into a bad situation unless you have very um, independent people. But that that again comes according to this new sort of system of classification yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. To, I and just going back to classification, the idea that there literally was four classes of what they called lunacy. <laughs> so they had mania, melancholia, dementia, melancholia, and paranoia. You're not allowed to be depressed. IA. It's like You're I not just... allowed to miss stuff. Melancholia? Yeah. Yeah, like that's for the no, I know. the it's women like... after their babies. <laughs> I hate all these doctors. From the 1860s. It's insane. Okay, so like, they, all so, of you deserve to get punched right in the mouth. Okay, That's so we already like, did cover this. So the idea that there were straitjackets used, there was isolation chambers, there were also restraint chairs. So it's almost like an adult um, high chair. And, and then the lobotomy as, like, the ultimate solution. If you had someone that was an incurable, just lobotomize them. You know what's so interesting? They're so much easier to Oh, deal yeah, with. so easy. You know what's so bizarre to me? It's like... At this point in time, it's like, you know, we're 100 years past the, more than that, past the Industrial Revolution. So many different, you can construct this city-like place in less than five years. You know, we the amazing technologies had already been achieved. And, of course, psychology still has a long way to go. But it's mm-hmm. like, we've already figured out so much as a human race, yet that's your yet your solution to being like, this person obviously has some things going on here. I'm going to strap you to a chair. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, great job, very creative, <laughs> very creative solution, guys. Great job. Not even any extra steps. Just tie into a chair. That's it. Nothing else. No need. You know what I'm thinking here it's now? It's all good. How the heck wasn't Tesla ever incarcerated? Because <laughs> he was because he was potentially too profitable. But he wasn't in his later years. No, he not in like his later years. Crazy, but, but he was electrocuting too, himself. He was too famous. By no friends. Well, he was already doing the treatments on himself. They didn't need to incarcerate him. <laughs> he was eating pigeons and electrocuting himself. Self-medication, <laughs> definition. Oh my god! That's, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> that's oh, like you man. know what? If you think about it, though, like he was an oddball. And... He was indeed, but I, I, I think he was, he was around. But you know, at the same time, though, if Westinghouse. Maybe they were his safeguards. Vouch because, for him. Yeah, because if yeah. he had been put away, they'd be like, ooh, all our technology. Ooh. Yeah, our Not patents. all of it, but, you know, like a lot of the patents totally. and stuff. But anyways, we yeah. have some cool discussion questions Yeah, we're here. getting down to the end here. And we want to include all of you as well. So if you have anything to add to these, um, please feel free to get at us on our socials, on our email, into the portal mailbox, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But, okay, so we're going to just talk about stuff. Um <laughs> Like we do every week on the podcast. <laughs> Words. Here they come. <laughs> Out of my mouth right now. Oh my god. Yeah. This is happening. Anyways. So, first question. Okay. I like this First one. questions. Ghosts. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> what are they, man? Like, <laughs> but seriously, though. Like, what, what are they? 
remnants? Are they? Is it just an echo of the the? Is it an actual entity? Like that's my. Like, yeah. Is okay. it? A, is it something that's right. thinking? Is it? Does it have some sort of? Is it, yeah. is it yeah is it an entity that can kind of come and go from the place because we talk we hear a lot about things that are haunted like objects that are haunted things like that like spirits will be, become attached to places and they can't necessarily leave them like robert the doll yeah like robert the doll or like you know like the thing we talk like you walk into a certain room and nurse carrie is pushing you out of that room because like she's her room and she's place. in that room mm-hmm. but i feel like there's entities that can kind of have a little bit more free flow inness or something like that with this place there's, yeah. there's specific locations, but then there's also a little bit of, like, you can experience paranormal activity in various That's spots. That's interesting to me because it almost speaks to two different sort of ideas related to the paranormal and the afterlife. And the idea that, okay, and related to place, right, specifically, when you see Nurse Carrie in that ward looking at you, yeah. is that an echo of what she used to do? Right. And is she still doing that in another dimension? And it's literally, yeah, it's just... And it's a, like, it's right. exactly like, um, what repeat. was that movie you watched recently where it was like, uh, um, time is being experienced... Interstellar? All, yes. No, no, not er, Interstellar. Arrival. Arrival. Yeah. Where it was like, basically they have no concept of linear time. Everything is happening simultaneously all across right. dimensions. So yeah. it's like it it really like it, it could be her doing that and she's locked right. perennially into that. And for because the rest of the extreme of one dimension. Right. And because of like the extreme nature of like the events that were going on at that place and the energies emitted at the time of say like a murder or an execution or whatever, those imprint on like this is I don't even know how my brain can put this into proper words, but like those imprint on like time itself. And oh, so yeah. when then when we are so then when people like are there modern day, yeah, exactly. Mm. What what we you see or feel or smell is like yeah, it's almost like the 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 braille remnants of what had happened in a previous time it's and like you printed. said is continuously happening. It's left in that loop in that room or in that one doll or in that one location. And it can go both ways, right? Because if you think about it experiencing echoes of the past or experiencing echoes of the future in the in and sort of a um oh it's escaping me now what is it when you see it's like deja vu right it's like i right. dreamed this last night and now it's happening in yeah. front of me today that's the same thing to me right where it's like i feel like our perceptions are so limited yeah. by our linear sense of time totally and distance and all this stuff yeah it's crazy it's unfathomable to think about non-linear time because we live and die yes we can't fathom it because we have linear calendars it's not like it's not like we go okay here's day one here's day 200 here's day 365 now we're back to day one right we don't have a calendar like that even though it kind of is with the months right like in my head i literally picture a wheel see the only thing about all that though it's like i'm I'm sorry i'm coming back to the movie arrival now which we technically (laughs) didn't even really finish because i fell asleep and And then i started googling and we had no sound we had like literally half volume i couldn't even hear anything they were saying but it's like to me i don't understand the concept of like non how can anything well how i have no frame of reference here but it's like how can anything be alive and not have any conception of law of linear time you can't be because made you're up at of, one point and then you're at another point. right but so if you're an, you but if you're an organic yeah. substance organic substances have down. to break down mm-hmm. therefore you have an expiry date therefore there is an end point mm-hmm. you know what i mean 
No, but at the same time, though, if that, you could almost go, like, the Buddhist route with that, right? Where it's like, no, everything's reincarnated. Oh, okay. so, 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 yeah. We're always recycled. So it is a cycle. It isn't linear. It is a secular, secular, or cyclic, cyclical? Cyclical. Cyclical. Yeah. yeah. Circular. <laughs> oh, dear. Cyclical. Circular and cyclical. So it's almost as if, like, oh, man, now I'm getting all, there's a rabbit hole that I'm down now. This is the, <laughs> there's so much to talk about with this. It's, it's so, crazy. It, it is very, Came very up with strange. this one. Okay, how someone dies, does that affect the way that their energy is maintained or dispersed? Absolutely. Like, is there, is there, if there's a peace in the soul, does it just kind of just go about and just kind of like, it's almost like, um, the concept of, not the prana, but the concept of, um, karma. Yeah, it's like, it's and like the, the whole like the you know, motion that Amber is doing right now for everyone who cannot it's see. It's almost like it's like a very it's a very gentle dispersal of yeah. the spirit. <laughs> it's a circular it's dispersal. It's a wa- it's a wafting. I'm going of in the circles. It's almost like a Venn diagram here. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very pe- so. But if you were violently murdered, though, it's like that death wouldn't be a gentle dispersal. It would or be is like that a, a halting? It would be like a. It's a violent. It's like, like a. It's a jarring, very yeah, abrasive, abrupt high and energy it's like, like if you think about it it's like what if the soul like the 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 non-physical part what if it doesn't actually recognize the fact that the physical part is gone so therefore they're still going about their day-to-day isn't that pur- that's purgatory right like that, that's 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 the religious definition of purgatory mm-hmm. searching for a place to or to well be. well the religious definition would be you're not entered into hell or heaven right so therefore, you're stuck you're on just... earth roaming around trying to find a place to go yeah right hellish realm of the duat sorry that's the coming back to (laughs) (laughs) just gotta slip in one of those references just just for the heck of it no i don't know that's a really interesting question another thing too that we haven't brought up yet but i really 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 want to talk to you or talk about is wes he is our good friend over in australia there and he had some really cool experiences and things like just history that he shared with us. He did. I actually didn't technically ask him if I could talk about this, but he's cool, so <laughs> I'm sure he's, it's fine. Well, he, um, yeah, no, he'll be fine. Honestly, <laughs> like just to keep it relatively vague, like he did mention, like so he's from the he's from the province. Mm-hmm. Like, he's from the same sort of general area. He didn't know too too much about the history of the Ararat Asylum. Well, that's um, cool. But definitely knew of Ararat, it. Aradale, yeah. Aradale, Sorry, Ararat. we have been referring to both. Like Ararat the is the actual town, so that's just anyway. But he had definitely heard of it. Like people have, it's in the, it's in the, the, the public consciousness for sure. The, the ethos of like, you know, whatever, like the folklore around there, a lot yeah. of it's attached to that. But he did have this interesting experience with an old house when he was a little kid that was sort of in the same area where hauntings, <laughs> experiencing some sort of paranormal activity. He had some activity. really cool things that he shared. And yeah. Like, like he said he had a, he said he had an ashtray thrown at him that they would walk into a room and like water would bubble. Water? Yeah. Um, when there was and, nothing and there. It wasn't <laughs> like, just him. It was like guests. Yeah. Guests that would come over the rest of his family, obviously too. And so that just made me think like, could this have been a, an, a, like a spirit that, that was from the nearby Airedale asylum that, that got out and is still restless or was it just attached to the house itself? It just sort of sparked the same, the general conversation of like paranormal activity in the area and just the idea of like spirits being trapped inside buildings and like Airedale being so close and just it being a hotspot in general yeah for all this stuff yeah and for somebody like him who's who's a very level-headed guy yeah. you know like no nonsense he said he experienced a lot of nausea when he tried to visit yeah yeah 
Yeah, he made the comment about his uncle being in a hospital or something and, yeah, being around when he was a kid and, like, it was just... No, 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 because he said that basically by that point, Airedale had been transformed into just a general hospital. Right. And so his, his father, or sorry, his uncle went in to get some sort of procedure or whatever and he went to visit him. And he feel sick. This is, sorry, Wes, if we're getting all, any of this wrong, but feel free to get out of this and we'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> but the point but is, I like, just, yeah. physical symptoms from being in a place. You know what I mean? Whether it be an ashtray getting chucked at your head or That's crazy. physically fe- feeling ill, which, which that we mentioned before. That to me harkens back to the other sort of paranormal um, cases we've seen where people get like pulled across the room by their hair yep. or by their clothing yep. or pushed downstairs totally. or like all this kind of and stuff. And any of you listening, if you've ever had an experience with like a spirit or an entity like this, like the ones we're talking about, please reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. If, you'll, if you feel comfortable enough to talk about it on the forum on Facebook, that's awesome. Um, and if not, and if you want to just have a conversation with us and keep it private or whatever, we yeah. we'd love to hear it. You can email us or whatever. It's all super fascinating. We're mm-hmm. really into it. We are. We yes. want to hear what you, yeah. Um, but anyways, did yeah. Did you have any like, sort of, uh. Well, we kind of had, I don't know, like I, my, <laughs> we're going to get into the whole, like, what is the most terrifying aspect of this? For me, it is the idea that you can be what you think is a normal functioning person and have two people sign off on you saying that you're not, and you're just locked away. And you have to get literally four times the amount of signatures to get released. <sighs> That's insane. Bonkers. You can't even just have one person vouch for you. No, and this is the same era when these doctors would be like, huh, you're kind of sick? Yeah, you probably have ghosts in your blood. You should probably do a bunch of cocaine. And then you'll be better. You know what else <laughs> it's all was good. the era of? <laughs> This was the era of... I'm a man. I have a wife. My wife doesn't please me anymore. I therefore have a friend who is a doctor. And he has another friend that's a doctor. I can just get them to sign off saying my wife's insane. Yeah. And get, get her shipped her. off. And then and get, then a, new I get one. a new one. And I don't mean to say that as like, oh, I'm a woman and blah, 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 women's right. But this was a time where yeah. that was that a reality. It just was. That so happened. I'm sorry, but. Yeah. Anyways. No. It, there there needed to be like a the female Dexter character for people like that back oh, in the 1860s. I'm working that up. It's going to be a masterpiece yeah. fiction. Indeed. <laughs> Anyways, indeed it will. But another thing too, like we had a couple pop culture things that sort of came up. Like we talked about Nurse Ratched very briefly. Yeah. But the idea, like this is exactly the plot of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Aside from the fact that he kind of, he sowed the own seeds of his destruction in the beginning, right? By yep. trying to declare himself so he wouldn't get arrested and put into normal jail. Right. He's like, well, you know, I'll just go with these loonies. It'll be great until, hmm, not lobotomy, so and now you're not great. Yeah. So that's one great example from pop culture cinema. And then obviously we've been discussing American Horror Story. Like, that's just... What it was gives the me name, shivers. What was the name of the, of like the native guy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that like rips oh, off the toilet or Chief. whatever? Chief. Okay. Big Chief, I That's think. such a great movie. Chief, Jack Big Nicholson. Chief. I'm sorry if I, I mean, got the wrong, but I think it is. <laughs> it's something like that. Great book, obviously. Read the book first if you've never read it it's i think yeah. we read it in school I yeah can't but uh yeah ah oh, man and obviously like that movie it, it kind of harkens on a lot of it, it brings up a lot of the scary things that we've talked about today like being isolated being trapped but it it doesn't have the same vibe as the stuff we've talked about mm-hmm. like the outright sheer terror of being incarcerated in an asylum I can't, I can't, I honestly, because even if you aren't being um, subjected to things yourself, if you're even in the environment where you know people are, 
and you can hear it potentially, and you can see All the signs of it the after. Could you imagine seeing someone that you've known since you got in there? Like, obviously, you wouldn't know them for your whole life, but you're like, you're kind of like me. You're a little similar, and then you see them the next day, and it is exactly like Jack Nicholson's character, where they're just goo-eyed, just yeah. just gone, yeah. just glazed they're over, gone. and that's it. And you're yeah. like, that's irreversible. <sighs> yeah. It's we're heavy. both just giving each other like the wide it's eyebrows, heavy, wide eyes, eyebrows up. We're just like, <sighs> that's pal- heavy, palpable sort of. <laughs> Don't yeah, let me go. Stress. Don't let them take me away into a mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better watch yourself, because <laughs> it's women's right era. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get a little honestly, yeah, and I'm the crazy one in this relationship for sure, and this <laughs> podcast partnership. You're like, a little more manic. Oh yeah. Or a little bit more um, reactionary. That's the Italian side. I have, ex- I, have a Scottish, I have I have a Scottish last name, but it's yeah, that's that's. But I've got Irish blood. And I've got Ukrainian blood. You think I'd be worked up over everything? Oh, well, yeah. A little bit French <laughs> in there too. Oof, oof, oof. Anyway, it's a Molotov cocktail. So end of the day, that that's our that is our little description. How well, little? That's our that's our take and our description of the Airedale Asylum. Kind of a historical episode today, in a way. Yeah. Um. A little bit of paranormal in there, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, discussing asylums in general is just perfect for Halloween. And it is. We hope you guys enjoyed this as, uh, you know, a cool thing that you'd never heard of before. Because I hadn't heard of the Airedale Asylum before. No, me either. Let us know what you think. Do a little digging on your own if you have time. If you're from Australia or from mm-hmm. the region and you have any other stories, please hit us up. If you have up. any ripe stories from other asylums that yes. you'd like to share with us, yes. we'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. Reach out to us. Cool. Into the portal mailbox at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our socials. So yeah. at, at Twitter. One on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. And then Into the Portal podcast on Instagram as yeah. well. Come join our forum. We have a page you can like and a group that you can discuss all these crazy cool things on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So make sure you join that if you're into that kind of thing. We love talking about this stuff with people. people and have even fun if you want to just send us a message, like yeah. we love, we we talk to so many people and we just Oh yeah. It. it doesn't have to be public. It doesn't have to be posted on the page. Like we chat with all kinds of people just on Messenger and it's awesome. Yes. And just final thing, do not forget about our pumpkin carving contest. Because no. we want to see them. Yes, like, we want to see. So stoked. So write those ideas down. We want to see some jack lanterns coming in. You here, can even people. like draw your design, send it to us. <laughs> Yeah, because we're going to put together an awesome prize pack for that. It's going to be a bunch of Into the Portal swag, and yes. maybe we'll even get some other stuff from some other podcasts, too. Who knows? It's going to be a sick we're little pack. We're so, thinking something yeah. pretty cool. And we just got some new pins and stickers in, so yeah. that's really fun. That'll we be a part of it off. for sure. Yes. Cool. Oh, and of course, uh, for all our patrons, look forward to a brand new mini sew coming your way very soon. Yes. Yeah. And if there's any of you out there that are interested in that, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Into the Portal, where we have a ton of extra cool stuff. Yes. So yeah, once again, thank you for listening to this episode on the Airedale Asylum. Mm-hmm. And we will be back the next brand week. brand new creepy ass mystery. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you then. See ya.
was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.